there was a man who was really wanting to experience God, and uh, he really wanted to experience God in such a miraculous way. And so he began to seek the Lord in prayer. And so one day, while he was in his own privacy, he began to pray, and uh, he wanted to uh, see that God would do wonders for him. And so this man was uh, a handicapped man, and he has one arm that was shriveled up, and so that arm was not useful to him, and he has been very desperate uh, and uh, very discouraged because of that arm. He was born with it, and so he was not uh, being uh, a full person. And so he was uh, praying that God would heal him so that uh, he can use both arms to do things that normal people would do. And so he was uh, a bit discouraged, and he was going to pray that evening for God to do a miraculous thing in his life. And so this man came in his own privacy, began to pray to God. And he began to say, God, if you can heal so many in the gospel, surely you can heal me. Make this arm like the other. And you know what happened? Poof! God heard that prayer. And both arms become sure. And so you see, this joke just to tell us that when we pray, we need to be specific in our prayer. We need to be specific. It's just a joke, and I trust that this would uh, uh, lively up us so that we can pay attention to the Word of God. Okay? Yeah. This morning, we continue to preach on the IDMC uh, on the area of Connect, and uh, today we want to look into uh, connecting to Christ through prayer. Connecting to Christ to prayer, and I believe we all know the need to pray, and it's a privilege for believers to pray and uh, pray to God for for bigger things, for things that are beyond themselves, and for things that they cannot handle, and that's why we call to God in prayer. Indeed, we are right that we should hearken to the Scripture that call us to come to God in prayer. And prayer is the simplest tool that God gave us and the most potent. Prayer is the simplest tool that God gave us and is most potent. This morning, I want to preach on the greatness of prayer because of our connection to Christ. The greatness of prayer because of our connection to Christ. God has so designed that men always need to pray and not to give up, and that we should tarry enough to pray. Prayer does wonders and change us and the atmosphere around us. And I want to emphasize this, that prayer changes us and the atmosphere around us. We should not focus so much on the answers to prayer, but upon ourselves and the atmosphere around us. Without any connection to, to Christ, we are vulnerable and we are easy target of Satan. And Satan can cause havoc in all our life. Needless to say, there are great blessings in answers to prayer. 
and we should be praying all the more. And so this morning, the title of my message is The Greatness of Prayer. And I'm going to read from 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to verse 11. Uh, but this passage of scripture, this recording of this scripture, also happened in three other books of the Old Testament. It was recorded for us in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to 11. It was also recorded for us in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 24 to verses 26. And also in the book of Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1 to verse 11. So when you see that there are three uh, recordings of the same event, we can assume that this is something that we can pay attention to and we need to. So before that, let us read. I want to read from 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to verse 11 here. It says here in chapter 20, 2 Kings. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord said, Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boys, and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, What will be the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now? Isaiah answered, This is the Lord's sign to you, that the Lord will do what he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps, or shall it go back ten steps? It is simple. Simple matter for the shadow to go forward ten steps, said Hezekiah. Rather, have it go back ten steps. Then the prophet Isaiah called upon the Lord. And the Lord made the shadow go back the ten step it had gone down on the stairways of Ahaz. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. For we trust, Lord, that you have spoken to us of this event that has happened in the life of King Hezekiah. We are really grateful, Lord, that you have spoken. And we pray, the Lord, that we will pay attention to your word. And we pray that even as we preach your word, Lord, that you will anoint your servant, Lord, and all those that hear these words, Lord, that they will put on faith, that they will rise to the occasion, 
and they will be determined Lord, to follow and to determine to commit their life to you. We thank you, Lord, that we can be connected with Christ and all the blessings that flows henceforth. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yep. And so you see that this passage records for us the test of Hezekiah, of his commitment to God, uh, just as Abraham was tested by God. So you see that many times we would hear a message that uh, God tested Abraham about sacrificing his son Isaac, and we seldom hear about God testing King Hezekiah of his commitment and his faithfulness to God Almighty. One day, we, hear, we read here that Hezekiah became ill, and the prophet Isaiah came to him to tell him to put his house in order because he is not going to recover and he is going to die. Wow. The prophet was a voice of God at that time, especially coming from the words of prophet Isaiah. Uh, people have no doubt of his sayings, that his sayings were accurate and come to pass. When King Hezekiah heard the verdict from the man of God, he was deeply disheartened, really deeply disheartened, and he wept bitterly as he had been faithful to God ever since he became king. And he had carried out spiritual reformation in the land of Judah by removing the high places. He smashed the sacred stone and even cut down the Asherah poles. And these are the things that the people are worshipping and uh, uh, burning incense to it, that instead of worshipping Jehovah God, that they have changed their allegiance and worship all these human things. These are the things that people are really being distracted and they worship, and they become idols and a stumbling block to the nation of Judah. And Israel has already suffered, and they have been taken away because of the idolatrous events. And now, Judah looks like they are following suit. And it will thank God that for King Hezekiah that he came to be the king and he began to put a stop to all this worship. The former kings of Judah did not follow the Lord, but Hezekiah was determined to follow the Lord and to be committed to the God of Israel. He even broke down he broke down the bronze snake that Moses made for the healing of the people in the wilderness journey. He broke it to pieces and cast it away because people were burning incense to the bronze snake. People had transferred faith to God, to all these relics of God, and they had missed the point. They missed the connection to the living God, to the things around. And Hezekiah had good faith in God and followed God faithfully until this point. And so listen as we go through this passage and see the event that unfold and the great story of King Hezekiah connecting with God and his deliverance for him and also for the nation of Judah. 
So the title of my message is The Greatness to Prayer. And first of all, the need is the avenue of help. And we see here King Hezekiah was in dire strait. He was going to die in the prime of life. You know, as I read too, it was estimated that during this time of recording, he was roughly about the age of 37 years old when his sickness occurred. It was sad because it was not because of war, but it's because of a sickness that he's going to die. It wasn't stated what kind of sickness that he had and he was going through, but he was anyway going to die. And this comes from the word of prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah came to him to tell him to put his house in order. Why do he need to put his house in order? Because he had only started to reign when he was about 25 years old. That was approximately 12 years ago. And he has not had appointed any successor to the throne. And he was just a young man in the prime of his life and he is going to die. And so he need to put his house in order. It must have been a heartbreaking moment for the king to hear this from the man of God. The word of the prophet during that time was revered, it was accurate, and people accepted the word of God. They have no problem about the, uh, whatever that uh, prophet Isaiah would say would be the voice of the living God. King Hezekiah was hopeless, and the only avenue that was left to him was to call to God in prayer. And I think that he would have been very disappointed because of this event. But he humbled himself and he bitterly wept before God. He turned immediately, immediately to the source for help. He appealed and prayed for God's favor. Now, we don't need to be end, at the end of our life before we go to God in prayer. The courts of heaven are open for us, and we as children of God can have access to the very throne room of God, and we can call to God at any time, and we can beseech Him for the things that trouble us before God. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, tells us to pray with all kinds of prayer and requests. All kinds of prayer and requests. The avenue is open. It is available. And we should take the opportunity to pray as much as possible and as widely as can be because our Heavenly Father delights in us when we pray to Him. Okay, to pray as much as possible and as widely as can be because God delights in our prayer. The wider the area of prayer, the more God can act and on our behalf. You know, I come to my mind to think about Minefield. You know, Minefield in Windows 7, the computer game. When you risk to click on that square, many more squares will suddenly open up. And then when you are able to do that, you can finish the game very quickly. But of course, you must know where to click. And so you don't click on the mine, and then kaboom, your game is finished. Right Now, with such a resource open to us, it is like us clicking at the right square and the home and more squares 
are being opened to us. It is us when we begin to pray widely and uh, in other areas that we see God opening more doors for all of us. Paul entreats us to pray because God listens to prayer. And we can be assured that He will answer prayer. We have the assurance of our answered prayer because our Father in heaven is good to us. He's a good God and there's no doubt about it. The challenge is, do we challenge ourselves to trust God? Do we challenge ourselves to go further with God? The way to experience greater things with God is to challenge ourselves, to challenge our faith and to step in rather than to wait and see and wait and see. That was the first point that I want to make here. The need is the avenue of prayer. The avenue of help is available. Secondly, the greatness of prayer is the secret, a relationship, a relationship. Through the years of his kingship, referring to King Hezekiah, he has brought much spiritual uh, reform to the nation of Judah. He himself has walked faithfully. Not only that he did all these things, but he himself walked faithfully with God and in full devotion to God. The task God put on him was to ensure that he would turn to God wholeheartedly in that situation, that he would really challenge his faith and trust God. He had his pride and God had to deal with his pride. And God had decreed that he would die and Hezekiah, in desperation, turned his face to the wall, humbled himself and prayed to God and called upon God. He was grieved and reminded God of his, uh, how he had committed himself to follow him and he has been faithful in all the things and the right things that needed to be done. He had wholehearted devotion to God and have done what was required of him as the leader of the nation of Judah. And that he was really uh, uh, all out for the revival, the spiritual revival of the land of Judah. And all this was for us to know that King Hezekiah had a good and personal relationship to Jehovah God. And he had lived a life of honouring him. And it wasn't a touch and go or once in a while kind of, a, of an event, but it was a wholehearted commitment that he made to God. And as recorded in 2 Kings chapter 18, the whole chapter, chapter 18, records about the things that King Hezekiah had done in honour of God. And he had destroyed idol worship in the land. And now with this challenge, he appealed to God for favour, not based on the works he has done, but on God's faithfulness to those who serve him. For God, for that God was pleased. And God was pleased. Alright? Even before Isaiah left, uh, the courts, the, the, the palace court, God told him to go back and tell King Hezekiah that God has heard his prayer and is going to heal him. He's seen his tears 
He has accepted his humility and will favor him by healing him. And on the third day, from today, where Isaiah talked to him, he will be able to go into the temple of the Lord to worship. The scholars have said that this was a test put by God. Uh, and Hezekiah passed that test, just as Abraham passed that test. And God was quick to reply his prayer. And it was so fast, so fast that even before prophet Isaiah left the palace, that the answer came and he returned back to bring the news to King Hezekiah because King Hezekiah was a favoured child of God. Coming to this, I, must, I have to boast about God's blessing on my three children. God is faithful. When parents serve Him, He returned and favoured us by blessing the children. All three of them have enough education and respectable jobs now and earn their keeps and can honour their parents. And I think that this is one thing that many parents would love to have it. God's faithfulness flows to them and they return the blessing to the parents. And it's not going to stop because God has promised it will be for their children and their children's children. This is the great thing about who God is. When we live our life without God and don't even consider God, I don't think the relationship is ever established. If we have no regards for God, He is not our God. We are pagans in that case. And I don't think that God will listen and be quick to answer pagans. But of course, sometimes God is kind. But that is not the norm. That is not the way. But sometimes God is kind. When there is no deep and sound relationship with God, we cannot assume to enjoy any favour, especially. It is when we honour God and live according to his ways, that they listen to our petitions and supplications. You know, in Psalms chapter 66, verse 18, it says that if we have iniquity in our hearts, God will not listen to us. God will not answer us. Sin breaks the relationship between man and God. Therefore, broken relationship with God is to be mended. And we have to Pay attention to that. Before anything that God would want to shower upon us, that broken relationship has to be mended and it has to be made right. This is the secret of blessedness. And many miss this aspect and did not experience God. And we question whether there is a God. Of course, when there is no relationship, there is no experience of God. And the, and the simple conclusion is, there is no God. That is where we have gone wrong. The secret is not rocket science, but it's abiding in Christ. For without Him, we can do nothing. For without abiding in Christ, we can do nothing. He is the source. He gives the nutrients. And we are the branches we receive from Him. 
and we become fruitful. That's how it goes, a relationship. And thirdly, the greatness of prayer is the answer. The answer is beyond astounding. Beyond astounding. Prophet Isaiah has returned to tell that on the third day, King Hezekiah would resume worship in the temple of the Lord. From deathbed, to be able to worship in such a short time of three days was a miracle. It was a miracle. He was at the deathbed. From despair to exuberance can only happen when God steps into the picture. Isaiah was going to make a healing balm for, for King Hezekiah with a simple common mixture of figs. And figs are common in Israel. And we know what are figs because we eat them as well. And, and, and God can use simple things to bring miracles because nothing is too difficult for Him. And God knew what is in the fix that Isaiah need to do so that it can bring healing to him. And that does not discount uh, the knowledge of science or medical uh, 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 learning as well, that we need them. Okay? Such was the power of answered prayer. From death to life to worship, it was beyond astounding. From zero to ten, God made it happen for King Hezekiah. And for time to stop and go backwards has only happened twice in all of human history. Only Joshua and King Hezekiah experienced them. In Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 to verse 14, Joshua commanded the sun to stay still at Gibeon and the moon to stay still at Aijalon. As he fought the Ammonites during the time of the conquest of the land, the sun and the moon obeyed and stood still for a day as God listened and gave time to Joshua to subdue the enemies. It has never happened before. And now in this instant, King Hezekiah was given the sign of ten shadow steps going backwards on the staircase. God was gracious and in answer to his prayer, gave Hezekiah 15 more years to live. Such was the power of answered prayer. It was astounding, all praise to God. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, inform us that when God is in our favor, He is able to do more than our expectations. We thank God that for this, but there is something that I want us to know. And this is the character of God, the character of God. He is not a man, and He does not act like a man. He is forever faithful and remains faithful to the faithful who honours Him for a thousand generations to come. He is more than you friend me, I friend you, that kind of a character. David was faithful to God in his lifetime. 
but God was faithful to the generations after him. We often read, we often read about God doing this and going, doing that in someone's case. And it says that for the sake of David, his servant. For the sake of David, his servant. Once we become faithful to God, he remains faithful to us and to our generations to come. One act of commitment on our part would secure godly goodness to our descendants to come. This is the character of God and we are thankful for who He is. And when we commit to Him, we are sure of His love and faithfulness. The question that Jesus asks in the parable of the persistent video, widow in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, Will he still find people with faith who will still pray and call on God? God is ever faithful, but will he still find faithful people to pray and to call on him? Today, even if there are a thousand testimonies of God's intervention in people's life, in answers to prayer, people can still choose not to believe. People can still disbelieve God and find excellent answers not to believe His intervention. And that is a fact. Man will doubt Him even when after He has proven His goodness to man. Today, do you and I still have faith in God through answered prayers. Do we still believe this, especially so in this post-Christian era? Is our faith still intact? To the faithful, all things are godly. But to the unbelieving, nothing is heavenly. I trust we will totally commit to be faithful now and to our end so that our generations to come will have godly favour upon them. And so in conclusion here, and just to recap, the greatness of prayer first, the need is the avenue of help available. Secondly, the secret is a relationship. And thirdly, the miracle beyond astounding. We will be satisfied when connected to Christ. Jesus is here with us. We need to connect to be complete. Yes, when we are connected to Jesus, we are connected to life. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. We will definitely be complete when we have Jesus in these three areas. This is the reason why we need to connect to Christ. The way to connection is to prayer. And God made this channel for all of us who will believe and He answers them to show off His approval for all of us who prayed to Him. Yes, who called to Him. This is not the last minute. 
this is a definite assurance for all of us. We can still call to God and He will still answer us. And this is the privilege that believers have. And it will not, for take, be, it will not be taken away for many generations to come. And we, as, uh, uh, as believers, are assured of this special privilege that God has special favour from all of us. Our commitment release blessings to future generations. God is a good God to all of us. Amen.